I'm sure it was a great time of worship. Oh, I love changing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in a, isn't it great today? Isn't this exciting today? I tell you. Yes, you can clap. I'm. Boy. Ohio State's going to beat Michigan. Clap. Yay! Michigan's going to beat Ohio State. Clap. Uh, okay, we had a few. Just curious. Uh, I'm going to be in LA during that time, and I looked at the time of the Ohio State Michigan game, and the Ohio State Michigan game is going to be uh, at nine o'clock in the morning in LA. And my son doesn't have regular TV. He doesn't have cable or anything like that. So I said, David, I said, you can come to my hotel room and we can watch together on, on, on the bed. So, so we'll probably be eating popcorn and pizza at 9 in the morning. As Ohio State uh, trounces Michigan and remains undefeated. All in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed, same sign. Aye. <laughs> Who's our one Michigan fan here? <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, um, do you know that this uh, Thursday is Thanksgiving? It, it's hard to believe that, isn't it? That Thanksgiving is already upon us. Where a week and a half ago, it was uh, 70 degrees outside, and now we could have had baptism in the pond, in Springer's Pond, and that pond would have been warmer than the, uh, than the outside air. Just, just letting you know that, Justin, for your information. But uh, when you think about it, t tell me some TV shows, tell me some movies that are iconic for Thanksgiving. Anybody have any? You cannot forget about the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. You know what I'm talking about? Where Snoopy makes popcorn and jelly beans and, and makes a, a Thanksgiving meal. Now there's another one that is very iconic. The Christmas story? Yeah, but we're in Christmas. What's the other one? Homeward Bound. Bound? Never heard of that one. Nobody said anything about WKRP's turkey drop. I know, we gotta have a young crowd. Who knows what I'm talking about? Just a few of you? Okay, for you young ones, what I want you to do is get on YouTube and uh, this afternoon, and I want you to put WKRP Turkey Drop. It's iconic. It is classical. It happened over 40 years ago, and uh, it's a TV show about a, um, uh, a radio station in Cincinnati that had a viewership of like 5,000, and uh, they were trying to uh, do a promo, promo for the radio station on Thanksgiving time, so they rented a helicopter, went into the air, and dropped turkeys, live turkeys, onto, uh, onto a, 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 um, a parking lot. And they forgot about one important fact. Turkeys don't fly. And so there's, a, there's an iconic uh, statement that less Ness, not, not, not less Ness, but the uh, manager of the station says, anybody know what that is? As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. How many of you remember that? What is wrong with this audience today? No one knows anything? Okay, I want you to go and I want you to look it up. So the sermon has absolutely nothing to do with that. 
But I do want to show a video clip. And the video clips come from a, a movie called Pollyanna. Who knows that movie? Nobody knows that one either. I'm batting a thousand. Pollyanna is a movie that was made in 1960 by Disney. It was about a preacher's kid or a missionary's kid whose parents died uh, while they were in the mission field. And uh, she had to come to a town called Harrington Town, Harrington, and there she had to live with her aunt, who was kind of the lady of the town to the boss of the town. And the town just had a negative attitude. And she comes in and she has this uh, an attitude of gratitude. The glad game is what she she, she plays. Where something is bad, she always tries to find something good about it. Well, the day is that she comes to talk to the preacher who is practicing his sermon. By the way, the uh, Mrs. Harrington, Miss Harrington, the one who was in charge of that town, would also tell the preacher what to preach. So she's showing up to the preacher who's practicing preaching with a note on this is what I think you should preach on. And this is the conversation between her and the preacher. And when, when Paul wrote the, these words, understand this, Paul was in prison. And prisons aren't like what we have today. Prisons were dungeons. It was not a happy place. And Paul was writing to the Philippian church. And let me give you a little background on, on Philippians. Uh, the Philippian church was in a town called Philippi. Philippi was a uh, kind of retirement community. It was a community where the Roman soldiers would go and retire. So there was a lot of patriotism in that particular town. I don't know if you've ever been to a, to a military base, but it, it kind of reminds me of that. When I went to Fort Sill and you know, all these other military bases, you get on that base, there's a lot of patriotism that's actually there. And so Paul was there, and he was preaching and establishing a new church. And in it, he was saying that Caesar is not king, Jesus is the ultimate king. Now, what do you think happened there? That, that, that's not, doesn't bode too well with military soldiers who, who fought for Rome. So here's Paul, he eventually ends up from prison. And he writes these words back to the church of Philippi. And in it, he was saying, I'm in prison. By the way, the, the, the people of Philippi gave him a little gift uh, to help him while he was in prison. Um, helps him with food or whatever else, and he was thanking him for that gift. But while he was there, he's saying, I'm in prison, but let me tell you. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Wow, that's a statement. But this is what Paul says. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna turn this on too. I keep turning these things off. Okay, so Paul says this. Maybe. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with your thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul's writing these words as he's in prison, which kind of blows your mind because you think if you're in prison, you're going to be uh, moping and all upset because why would God do this to me and life is not worth living anymore type of thing. But when Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. Do you know he said the word rejoice 11 times while writing the letter to the Philippians? 11 times. So if he said it 11 times, I think we should probably be, probably be rejoicing, don't you? We should probably be thankful in all situations. Now we're not talking about a sunny at, uh, op optimism or developing a positive attitude. But what they're talking about is having confidence in the Lord, knowing that the Lord is in charge and the Lord knows the situations that you're in. Christians, you know, why do we rejoice? Because we know that we have a personal God and that He is in control. I know this last year has been tough with some of us. In fact, there's a, a, many of us are praying for uh, uh, you know, uh, Isaac and, and, and praying for Trayvon. And, and, and some of us are, are praying for you know, the, the, the um, uh, Van Horn family. And we're praying for all these individuals because they've gone through some tough times. But Paul is saying, irregardless, you can still be thankful and rejoice. Why? Because God knows. God knows. He knows what's going on. You have a personal God, and He is in control. Personal meaning that He is with you. Personal meaning He knows the situation you're in. Personal meaning He knows the very number of hairs on the top of your head. That's what a personal God is all about. And He loves you, and He cares for you. So Paul, while he's in prison, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, Rejoice! Then he goes on and says this, Let your gentleness be evident to all. So gentleness, the word gentleness actually means, it describes a horse with all that power that is under control. I, I think of those big old Clydesdales. You know, those things, those things are monsters in my opinion. I, I, I hope I never have one that steps on my foot. But you see those Clydesdale going down the street or, or pulling wagons. That's all that power but it's under control. And that's what Paul is saying. Your gentleness, your power that's under control, be evident to all. That means everyone around you. Not just the church, but also people at your work, your family. Let there be gentleness. I uh, get frustrated at the feminists from time to time because... They're, they're, they're sitting there going, oh, we, you know, when you open a door for a, a woman, you know how you show that kindness. My son went through this in bowling. Don't you do that. I can open my door. So you don't want me to be a gentle man? So what do you want me to be? An angry man? Is that what you want? That power under control is gentle. See, when, when, when Christians live with the awareness of God being in control and Jesus' soon return. It makes it 
all the more easy to rejoice in the Lord and to show the gentleness to all men. Why? Because we know that everything is working for this culmination when Jesus shall return. So that's how I can be confident. Let's say a presidential election doesn't go the way I want. I can still be confident knowing that God's in control. Or something else doesn't go the way I want because I know everything is working together for the second coming and the returning of Jesus Christ. So a lot of stuff has to happen. So I can be gentle. I can be laid back. I can say, God's in control. I think about that with Dietrich Bonhoeffer. You're saying, who's Dietrich Bonhoeffer? He was a, a German theologian who was put into prison uh, uh, concentration camps because uh, during World War II. He eventually was executed right before uh, uh, Germany fell. Like a, like a month before. How can you have that type of gentleness during that time? There is a God and he's in control. Gentleness is, is a word that describes the heart of the person who will let the Lord fight his battles. I don't have to get revenge. I can trust God to take care of me. And that can be very hard sometimes. As you know, I, 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 I've done volunteer fire department work for 27 years. Every department I've been on, I've always had at least one person that did not like me just because I'm a pastor. It comes with the territory. You just know it's going to happen. Now, i got two choices. I can fight back. I can, I can I get even with these persons and the, the pain that they've caused me. Or I can just say, God, you're in control. You can take care of it. And I'm going to tell you, there are times that I have prayed for these individuals and I pray for their salvation. Weird things happen when you do that. I haven't prayed for God to smite them. I pray that God's for God's salvation upon them. And weird things happen when that comes about. I'll share that a little bit later. But when we know that God is in control, we know that God is the one who is uh, going to fight our battles for us. So as a Christian, we know what Romans 12, 19 says, where God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Because you go to the first part of that verse, it says, do not repay evil for evil, but evil for good. For the Lord says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I am the one that's going to repay. How hard is that? Going up by 75 and person cuts me off. Don't do that to me. How dare you do that to me? Well, I need to get even. You know, I'm doing all these other What is that gentle? Is that gentle? A person who trusts God hundred percent. You're gonna be gentle. Because you know God's in Control. We know that God's going to fight our battles for us. Okay, let's go to the next verse. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in prayer and petition. When you're anxious, what does Paul say? Go to prayer and petition. 
Prayer is going to God, communing with Him. Petition is asking Him. There's nothing wrong with asking God for things. He might give it to you, He might not, but we are asked to go to Him. So in prayer tradition and thanksgiving, we need to go to God in thanksgiving, giving Him thanks. Do we not? You have nothing to be thankful for? Really? Gas is $3.50. Why would we be thankful for that? Be thankful it's not five. I was sharing with um, Carla Fent this morning in the first service, and I, we were talking about how we grew up. And, and, and when I was younger, our, the, our boiler in our house broke. And we didn't have money to fix it. So probably about three, four, maybe five years, we lived off of a, um, a fireplace, a um, wood-burning stove in the house. Okay? So if you have one wood-burning stove in the house, and it's a two-story house, who gets the heat? Downstairs. Who gets the next heat? The first bedroom. Who gets the next heat? The second bedroom. Who gets the last heat? The furthest bedroom. Guess who was the last heat? Bong. Who guess who's the one that would wake up in the morning and find literally ice on the in the end inside of the window? Ta-da! That was me. I would literally uh, you go to bed at night, you take your clothes off, I would put the blanket and quilt down, I would lay on the quilt on the top, and then I'd roll up like a hot dog. Anybody ever did that? That's how I kept warm. My room was so cold, and I'm not exaggerating this. I woke up one morning, and I think a mouse was trying to keep warm because I rolled over on it and crushed it. Get <laughs> <Yep>, warm. <laughs> okay, so why am I thankful today? 15 degrees outside, I have heat. There's something you can find to be thankful for. Justin better be thankful that we had heaters in that uh, baptismal or Justin will be still sitting here freezing today. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can be thankful for. And that's what Paul's saying. Remember, he's saying this, he's in prison and he's saying, be thankful. What can we be thankful for? Well, the Philippian church just gave him an offering so he could live better, a little bit better in prison. But he says, be anxious about nothing. He didn't know if he was going to live tomorrow or not. He said, but in every situation, in prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So I said that when I was on fire departments, I'd always have at least one person that didn't like me. And what I would do is I would pray for them. I would not pray that God would smite them. I would not pray that. I prayed for their salvation. Now, you want to see weird things? You start praying for someone's salvation. You're going to see strange things happen. I had one guy, uh, the first part was on, he just, we, didn't, we just didn't mesh. I started praying for his salvation. Uh, the next meeting we came together, he didn't say a word to me. The next meeting he quit the part, department. Another department I was on, same thing. Pretty much same thing happened. I was praying for their salvation. I was, I was praying for them, for God to save them. That's petitioning. That's petitioning. So, gentleness is we're going to be, we're content to describe the person who is really free to let go of as anxiety and all things that cause him stress because he knows the Lord will take care of the cause because we're going to him in prayer and petition and with thanksgiving. 
Now, notice, oh, well, I've got to put this in there. Here's a new word. It's going to be in the dictionary next year. Uh, Pastor Dutton just made it up. Okay? The word is anxiouslessness. You got it? Anxiouslessness. Everybody say it. Anxiouslessness. Okay. What that's saying is anxiouslessness is a command, not an option. The lack of anxiety guards against whining. Hear this, church, because this is what I really want to focus on. Whining and complaining spirit before God, and we let the request be made known. We are we really can be anxious for nothing, pray about everything, and be thankful for anything. So what Paul is saying is, is that when we're anxious, we usually display it in different ways. Okay? And one way that what the Church of America is displaying our anxiousnesses is actually through whining. I'm going to let that sink in, and I'll let the tomatoes come a little later. Think about this. For the last two to three years, I've been hearing a lot about the second coming of Jesus. He's coming. Don't get me wrong. I, I, no problem. But we keep looking at our present situation, and we're having a hard time looking at the big picture. When Jesus returns, and I'm talking about the millennial turn, we're done, we got a rapture, then we got a millennial return. When, when, the, when the rapture happens and the return happens, the United States is not there. I, I, we might be here as a nation, but we're not a powerhouse. Can you please tell me in Scripture where the United States is found? Think about this. We're a $27 trillion debt. Do you know how much a trillion dollars? A trillion dollars is putting one dollar on top of each other and going to the moon. And we're at $27 trillion. Will Russia come and ex- explode a bomb? No. We're seeing that in Ukraine. They're not gonna, they're not gonna mess with us. Our weapons are destroying it. So how are we going to be from within? You can't have a $27 trillion debt and maintain it. So we'll always be here. I think we'll always be here. We, we might even split up as a nation. I don't know. But what happens in the end times is in the Middle East. And so I'm sitting there going, if it happens, it happens. What's the worst that can happen? Be raptured, go to heaven. If I'm martyred, I'm in the presence of Jesus. See that calmness? Anxietylessness? What's going to happen to that? This is not our home. Eternity is our home. We're just passing through. And so we knowing the outcome, can be anxious about nothing. And we can be thanksgiving because we know that this is not our home. We can go to prayer, Lord, give me the power and petition to endure this. Lord, may I be the proper example for someone else so they might know Jesus. Got that? Here's the problem. Now I'm really going to have tomatoes coming at me. Ready? We spend more time on Fox News than we do in God's Word. 
I hear it. I'm hearing it. We're spending more time on CNN than we are God's Word. Now, here, hear this. So we just had an election. Do you know that? No, no, no. We just had an election. Have we won the House yet? Yeah, I know we did. I looked it up. Did we win the Senate? No. I didn't spend the last month constantly glued to it to see it. I'd look it up every once in a while to see it. But I have not watched a network news for almost two and a half years. And I don't have the, I don't, I, I'm, whatever happens, happens. My number one news source is YouTube. Because I hear about a building blow up, I get on there and I watch the whole thing. I don't watch what they want us to see. I watch the whole thing. So I think if, if you look at what they do in the news media, they always say something to hook you in. So something like this. All right. Now I'm, I'm not being political here. I'm just because Joe Biden is the president now. I'm just using him as an example. The Republicans have the goods on Hunter Biden. Therefore, his administration is over. Okay. How many have seen stuff like that? Okay. And so then what happens? I click on it and it has nothing to do with it. <clears throat> All they're trying to do is to hook us in so they can have more viewership, so they can have more revenue. That's why, that's why the media is so negative because they know we're more apt to click on something on the negativity than we are the positivity. And so they'll say stuff like that. And, and then their article has absolutely nothing to do with what's there. And all we do is get more anxious. I don't, I don't need... You know, God's word tells me what the end's going to be, and so I can be anxious about nothing because I know what's going to happen, and in prayer and petition, I can hold on to him, and then uh, with thanksgiving, I can be thankful because I know he's a personal God, and I know he cares about me, and I know that, he, that I have a home that's not this home. I know I have a home that's in eternity where there'll be no more crying, pain, mourning, and all, all things will be gone. And better yet, Satan will be thrown in the lake of fire and I don't have to deal with him forever. <coughs> See that? So anxiousness, a new word. You just learned it. It's in the dictionary. Look it up. <coughs> yeah. Okay, so what is the peace of God? Uh... Uh, God's peace is the unruffled serenity and, uh, of the inf inf infinitely happy God, the eternal composure of the absolute well-contented. The word, and so, so he says that we are uh, the peace of knowing that God's in control. It basically boils down to it. Then he says that we are to guard what we do. The word guard is a military action. So we need to be careful what we allow into our, in, in, into our, into our lives. So the, the, the peace of God, which transcends all of saying, will guard your heart. That's the word I wanted. And your minds of Christ Jesus. Now let's go further. Verse 8. Finally, brothers, this is what we are to focus on. Got that? Here we go. You ready? This is it. Whatever is true. Whatever is noble. Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, 
If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. Be careful what you allow into your mind. Be careful what you allow into your house. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about those things. Okay? And that's why I I, I spent some time talking about the the news media, because it's all just negative. You you watch that, Hunter, you watch that all day, you're going to be just depressed. So, we are to be captive and change our mind from what we see. The practical thing is, start focusing on the Pollyanna stuff. Do you know that Walt Disney got in trouble? Do you know what he got in trouble for? Walt Disney, early on in the 60s, got in trouble because they, and it's called being Pollyannish. Walt Disney got in trouble because he just did positive movies. And people were saying, well, you need to be more realistic, more negative. Oh, really? How many of you would rather watch Pollyanna versus <coughs> the creature from the Black Lagoon? I can't think of another one. I mean, I mean, he became popular because of that. Okay, so we change what we see. Be careful what we allow in our house. Men... Okay, I'm a firm believer that, men, you're the guardian of the home. Make sure if there's something in your house that shouldn't be there, turn that baby right off. Turn it off. Okay? Change what your mind sees. Paul puts puts being content into practice as an example. Because he says this. Whatever you have learned, received, or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul is saying, listen, I'm in prison, and I'm thankful. Life is not good, and I'm thankful. So what are you saying? Follow my example. Follow my example, people. Follow the example. Now Christians, um, um, I, I can't say this in a, in a really nice way because it, it is a, re, a reality, but um, the, the world is going down. We all know that. Okay? And uh, it's because we decide we want to follow ourselves versus Christ. We, we, we want to be the God of our own lives. Humanity wants to be the God of our own lives. So when, when we're the God of our own lives, this is what happens. Okay. So what Paul is saying, and, and by the way, what we're, what we're experiencing in this world is nothing new. And during the Roman times, it was much, much worse than it is now. But, um, but it, it is difficult. People are trying to live life their way, and they've they, they got consequences thereof because of it. They're going to start looking for what is the alternative. <coughs> you are the example that they're going to see of Jesus Christ and godliness. And so Paul is saying, here's my example. I'm in prison. Follow my example. Right? And, 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 and so Paul is saying the same thing to us. We need to set the example for the world to see. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they see it in your life. you got to live it. 
And then you make the example, and then people will see it. So during this holiday season, uh, during our uh, this Thanksgiving week, I want you to do two things. Number one, turn the news off. Watch local so you can see what the weather is going to be. No problem. But just turn it off. And you're going to see how your attitude is going to change. Number two is this. On Thanksgiving, which is Thursday, when you have your prayer as a family, I want you to do something my wife does. He makes, she, he makes us. She makes us all stop. And before we eat anything, we have to do what's called the thankful prayer. And everyone has to say, Lord, I'm thankful for. Now what you're going to see is the little kids are going to say, I'm thankful for mommy and daddy. I'm thankful for the food. But what you're doing is, is you're forcing us to look at what God is doing versus not doing. That's, that's one reason why I'm doing the God sightings now. It's because I want you to see what God is doing versus what he's not doing. I want you to see what God is doing at Mount Tabor and with the Mount Taborites. I want you to see that because God is working in this church. Sometimes we don't see it. We just need to point it out. You know, the fact that we've got heat this morning compared to last week, we, we should be thankful. Last week I left and my nose was cold. It was so cold up here. Uh, by the way, for those who weren't here, we didn't have heat last Sunday. So we can be thankful for that. The fact that we had all those kids going in. To bat- Did you see all those kids walking in for the baptism? Wasn't that great to see? The fact that two weeks ago we had 40 kids in the children's church area. Poor Twyla was having a heart attack. And she had so many kids back there. There are churches that would kill for this. There, the fact that we're broadcasting and we can see, and people really, literally all over the world are seeing Mount Tabor right now is an exciting thing to see. There's so much going on, but sometimes we just need to see it and just be thankful for it. So let's do that this week. Turn the news off. Number two is uh, for Thanksgiving, do the thankful prayer and be careful what you put into your mind and allow the thankfulness to come forward. Let's pray. Father, a lot of stuff we've talked about today. And may this week be a week of thankfulness. May we just trust in you in everything. And may Jesus be glorified. May next week, may we enter your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. May we enter your courts with praise. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, we're going to stop here. I, Abby, I just forgot we were going to do this. I told Abby, I said, no, we're not going to have a closing song. All week, we're not going to have a closing song. And now I'm thinking, where's the Miranda single? What we need to do today is we're going to stop right here. And I just want to share a few things. And then we need help moving the boxes, right? Yes. Right. Okay, just making sure. All right. So your announcements are in the bulletin. So please... Uh, read the announcements. Um, a couple things I really want to stress to you is we're going to be having uh, Christmas caroling coming up. We're helping with Mended, so we'd love to have you there. Um, we also will not be having any Wednesday evening services uh, this week. So don't show, if you show up, you're going to be very, very lonely. All right? So the rest of the announcements are right there, so don't, uh, don't uh, uh, I, I don't need to uh, get you going on that.
So, okay, so let's stop. We're going to have prayer. And then if you can come and help us with these boxes, we've got some in the sanctuary, we've got some here, and we're going to take them and we're going to go forward. You guys say anything, Abby? Okay, you look like you're going to say something. Okay, let's pray. Father, may your blessing be upon each and every person. Guide and direct us in, in the week to come. And may we honor you. And may we trust in you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Have a great Thanksgiving and take some boxes. Here we go. Oh. Wow.